Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with entertaining and stimulating topics focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network. the new show that's the talk of the town. You're tuned in with host Donna Lyons for the latest in entertainment plus the most engaging discussions, top actors, musicians, and producers from Hollywood to Broadway. It's all entertainment. Delivering the buzz and the scoop in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. I'm doing an afternoon show, which is kind of crazy because I usually do them in the evening. But for all my um, actor friends who live on the West Coast, this time just seems to work out better. So I'm thrilled, and I'm thrilled to have my guest on today. I know all of you have been waiting for her, Allison Arngrum, who played the hateful Nellie Olson, the acid-tongue Hellcat for seven years on TV's Little House on the Prairie. And she's also released her audio version of her book, Confessions of a Prairie Bitch. And without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring her on. Allison, welcome to the show. Hi. So what am I, am I like back by popular demand? Is that what we call this? Yes. Yes. And I'm telling you, and I was just telling you this before we came on, I have to crack up because anytime I post anything about you coming on the show, that it just blows up on Facebook and on the feeds and things like that because people just love you and they say, uh, and one of my friends, Joanna. Hi, Joanna, if you're listening. She's married to uh, Tracy Lee Nelson, who was the, one of the guitar players with, do you remember the group from the 70, Redbone? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's his wife, Joanna. And she was going back and forth with me, and she said she was so mean to to uh, Laura. And we started cracking up, and then we were sending pictures back and forth. Because, you know, you've got all those pictures all over the Internet of just Hello, craziness. Right? <laughs> This is hysterical. And now you were just telling me you just got back from Seattle. Do I tell. What were you doing I am, Seattle? like, freaking everywhere. I was up there. Uh, there's a wonderful group, Equality Washington, we're having a benefit. Also, we're doing some stuff with a group called Pride Foundation. A, a friend of mine, a really nice guy, David Wash, he raised a lot of money for people with AIDS. He just died last year of pancreatic cancer, and there's a wonderful memorial fund set up for him. And so I was like doing back-to-back charity stuff and hanging out with a bunch of friends up there, really cool people, writers and filmmakers and stuff. I like Seattle. I'm very popular in the Pacific Northwest, apparently. So that's always fun. I am doing so much stuff. I'm heading back to France on March 10th because they just can't get enough of me. I have to go back again. And now are you going to be doing your show? You're going to be yeah, doing your show in France, up, right? Uh, in France, I, I started doing a show there some years ago based on my American show, and it was a Confession d'un gas, which is Confessions of a Very Bitch in French. <laughs> but I, there's a new one. This crazy guy, Patrick, put together a show. We have a thing called um, Le Mal au Trésor de Nelly Olson, which is literally Nelly Olson's Trunk of Treasures. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so funny. We come out with this box of stuff. And so it's really, it's, it's audience participation. And, okay, how much do people love that? And especially with me, it's like, oh, we get to be in the show. We're, like, doing stuff. It's like they pull things out of the box. People get dragged up on stage. All kinds of weird stuff happens. So it's in <laughs> French with audience participation. 
<laughs> it's a good thing you know French because <laughs> right it's like like okay it's one thing to learn French it's another thing to start dragging total stranger French people up on stage in the middle of your show that's like only slightly daunting thank you I'm like oh what have I what have I gotten myself into but it's a big hit people love it they just love it now how long will you be there for now this one I mean just a little over two weeks which for me is like a quickie <laughs> I was doing stuff. I was going there for like six weeks at a time, like twice a year. And I finally said, guys, guys, I can't. I'm like living here now. It's getting a little out of control. So um, we cut it back. So I'm only, only doing three shows. Oh, and a fashion shoot. I got a friend who's a designer there. It's like, I'll give you some clothes if you come over and do it. I'm like, oh, gee, French clothes. French designer clothes. No, I don't want those. Boo hoo hoo. Yes, I'll be right over. <laughs> That's a no-brainer. <laughs> so just all that, and then yeah, was it, the audio book. My book came out a couple of years back. Confessions per bitch, such a hit. People still like writing to me and posting reviews on Amazon. And what I kept getting was, "Where's the audio book?" Because yeah, when I did it back in 2010, audiobooks weren't in yet. Everyone in the right. world is not doing an audio book. Now everybody who has a book, they're doing an audio book before the book has come out in print. They, like, finish it, it's gone to the print, and they're doing the audio book. They weren't right. doing that. So I said, I have to have an audio book. I'm getting Facebook messages and emails. They want an audio book. So I call my agent. He goes, let me make some calls. And he said, okay, these we can. Do, you're going into the studio. You're doing the audio book. And I said, well, of course, the, as he said, the only reason they're going to want it is because you're reading it. They want to hear you read the thing. I said, oh, yeah, that's the plan. And I did. I recorded the audiobook. Oh, people are going crazy. They love it. I just downloaded the audio version today. I haven't had a chance to listen to it, so I'm really excited because I've read the book. And I'm curious to see this. Tell me the process of that. Like, what do you go through to create an audiobook? It is so much fun. If you haven't done it, I highly recommend it. It, It's. You know, you get a deal. It's a, you know, the wonderful people at Tantor Media, and uh, they, you know, that's what goes on Audible and all that stuff. Well, you go in the studio, and the woman who produced it and recorded it with me was so smart. She said, okay, I've recorded a ton of audiobooks. I've had every famous person in the world in here. She said, here's the thing. When you're recording an audiobook, you want to speak slowly. Because they're having to listen to this. Can't talk at your normal rapid-fire New York speed. Just slow down a little. You can speed up in the funny parts. And you want to speak kind of softly. We'll turn it up if we need to. And I said, huh. And she said, well, think about this. They're listening to on headphones. You're right. They're either in their car alone, the window's closed, or they're lying in bed with headphones. The voice is essentially coming from inside their head. <laughs> You're speaking from somewhere inside their body. She says, like the horror movie when they go, the calls are coming from inside the house. This is you. You're inside this poor person. They've, you've taken possession of them. They're talking from inside their head. She said, which is a little alarming if you think about it. <laughs> so if you're talking to them in the book, you can't just start going, rah, 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 like yelling at people. She said, You're in their head. You could hurt somebody. So I was in fits. I said, oh, my God, I hadn't thought about it. You're right. That's sort of terrifying. And she said, it's kind of a responsibility. You, you, so you have to sort of go easy on these poor people who have you plugged into their brain. 
and and realize you're you're speaking from inside their skull, and it can be quite jarring if you're not careful. And I was like, wow, that's terrifying. Okay, so we did. So you know, we went chapter by chapter. And I really enjoyed it. She said, okay, you apparently have some kind of knack for this. This is great. And I really liked it. But we did. She always sits down, her authors, and explains the process and says, you need to be considerate of this poor person who you're reading. This. <laughs> <laughs> and no yelling. No, you, they, can't, they don't do music, which is unfortunate, like no singing music, and, and, and no yelling. She, I said, well, what about I'm talking about? I'm talking about Catherine McGregor, who played Mrs. Olson on the show. She's continuously yelling. Anytime I quote her, it's a yell. What do I do? <laughs> I quote people who are screaming continuously in this book. She says, okay, yeah, we're going to have to kind of like fake scream because you can't scream because you're inside their head. <laughs> <laughs> so it was fascinating. You would not think and, – and thank heavens because, yeah, she talked me through it chapter by chapter and said, okay, you do this, you do that, and are you okay? And if we got to the heavy chapter, she'd say – I think we need to stop for chocolate. And we would take a break, and we would get chocolate chip cookies and, like, hang out for a bit and, you know, settle our nerves. Yeah, yeah. Now, how, what was the pro- how long was the process from beginning to end? It, shockingly, only took a few days. She had You're set aside me. some huge chunk of time. And I was like, seriously, going to take this long? She goes, no. I set it aside because some people, you know, take breaks. And I had, I had spoken to Charlotte Stewart, who, um, you know, played Miss Beetle on Little House. And was also yeah. in Twin Peaks and Eraser Red. She wrote a book, great book, um, uh, <laughs> Little House in the Hollywood Hills, Bad Girl's Guide to Being Miss Beetle, Mary X and Me. Really great <laughs> stuff. But Charlotte tried to do it. She had just come home from a trip and went straight into the studio. And she got through the day. And then she called them the next morning and said, I can't do this two days in a row. I'm going to collapse. She said, I didn't know how tiring this was. She said, I spent like eight hours doing this, and then the jet lag hit me. And then I went, how do people do this like several days in a row? She goes, I got to take They go, no, you can take a day off. And so she said, you might need to take a day off in the middle. Watch out. It's, it could be harder than you think. But I, I had like a weekend in the middle. I was doing like, I don't know, like Thursday, Friday, and Monday. So I had a break. But I, I went straight. She said, you probably won't need all. Once we got through the first day, she said, you will not need all these days. So I was like, okay. Wow. So we did a few days. I want to say four. I mean, we whipped through it. She said, you're going very quickly. This is great. And she said, now there'll be pickups. Anywhere there's a mistake, we just kind of like start and stop, re-record that little bit. And she says, and when we're done, we'll, you'll probably, we'll come back in the studio and you'll probably have a couple of things to re-record. So I come back to the studio and I said, oh, man, what do we have to re-record? She's like, four words. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, apparently you were good at better than this. She says, yeah, there's four things you have to check. And then she said, oh, and then you have to do like, you have to go, this has been a presentation by Tantor Media. And you like plug the book. You do a little commercial at the end, like, thank you for listening. To <laughs> I like that part. It was really fun. I'm like, wait, that's it? She goes, yeah, that's pretty much it. So um, if you're very good, if you know, you're an actor, do a lot of public speaking, you're very, very good at reading. You've done a lot of sight reading, a lot of public speaking, reading stuff. You probably can bang out your, your book pretty quickly. Um, if your book has heavy parts where hard things happen in your life, you might want to take half day or a day off. That's basically schedule that. <laughs> yeah. And chocolate. Yeah. We, we went through a lot of chocolate chips. And chocolate. <laughs> and a big bottle of wine. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, and then wine. Or, we bro- we break for lunch. I'd come in like nine thirty ten. We did this for a while. We'd break for lunch. We'd come back, and then it's like if it got stressful, say, okay, stopping for chocolate, and we'd sit around. We'd eat chocolate and cookies <laughs> and talk about it, and then we go back in. Yeah. 
so I think that's awesome. You know, it's funny. I had uh, Tony Tennille on the show, and she she oh did God, the audio version of her book. Oh, she's so sweet. She's amazing. I but, love her, love her, love her. I did a love boat with her. You did? Oh, I, I love, love her. With Tony Tennille. Yeah. Oh, God. Isn't she awesome? She's the sweetest woman. But when she, like, listening to her book, she has her little southern accent, the little, oh, yeah. oh, my God, the whole way through. She's just adorable. But you kind of expect that. Like, you just right. expect that. You know, that at least with her, you know there's like. going to be an accent, so you get used to it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, tell us about the episode with her. So I did uh, one episode of Love About One of Fantasy Island because, like, it's a rule. You, like, have to do this. Um, yeah. It's the law. <laughs> and uh, you're on a show in the 70s. You just kind of got to be on. So um, on Love Boat, I, I didn't get a romance. I was playing evil child star Becky Daniels. And <laughs> Becky Daniels is, like, worse than Nellie Olson. She's this horrible child actress. And she comes to film an episode on The Love Boat and is horrible to everyone and gets poor little Captain's daughter, uh, Jill, to be her stand-in and then throws things at her and stuff. Which is funny because Jill Whelan, the, the little girl who I wind up hitting with pies and dumping buckets of water on, she was the one who insisted I do the role. Uh, Jill Whelan, who played the Captain's daughter in Love Boat, she, they were having one of those like read-through things on set, and they said, right. we've got this upcoming episode. And she said, wait, you're, you have this like child evil, br- and you haven't called Allison Argram? She said, she's <laughs> friends with my friend Melissa Gilbert, and I hear nothing but these stories about Allison. You've got to have her on. And besides, I mean, duh, you got to get the girl who was Nellie Olsen to do this. So they went, oh, my God, you're right. And they called me. And so Jill Whelan got me a job. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course what happens is I spend the whole episode torturing her so I'm like wow okay if you insist um, but the other people there was the fabulous British actor Anthony Andrews who's on Brideshead Revisited and all that stuff I love him mm-hmm. and there was and Tony Tennille was in the other like vignette and she was playing the ukulele in her dressing room and we would hang out and talk to her and she was going on about that you know her her husband Daryl and all very eccentric, and she does talk about him yeah. and some of his stories. Well, she was talking about how they were having that week a pool put in at their house. And she was having, well, any kind of household, you know, redo is always a nightmare for any couple. And she was just saying, Daryl was just kept saying, I, he kept changing the plans. I want an Olympic size pool. And she said, Daryl, we do not need Olympic size. We're getting normal size. No, I want Olympic size. And she said, they went back and forth and back and forth. And he kept insisting Olympic size. And finally, Tony said, Honey, you can't swim. <laughs> Apparently, the man couldn't swim a stroke, but he was absolutely certain that he needed an Olympic sized pool in the yard. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, he was very eccentric. And she talks about him in her book. And she, then she oh, was yeah. telling me on the show that he's writing a book now. Oh, wow. Well, that's funny. They still they still talk, and she, like, still totally adores him. So it's like, yeah, because yeah? there was a whole thing. Oh, they're splitting up. But then she's, like, talking to him all the time. So that's very – they have an interesting relationship, and she's very, very nice to him. But, yes, the man cannot swim, and he insisted <laughs> that they get the bigger pool. She's like, you don't need the bigger pool. You're not going to get in it. You don't swim. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, she's hilarious. She's too. She's too cute. I had a. I had a blast with her on her. Now, are you guys still doing Life Interrupted, the web series? Oh my God, I hope so. We cranked out all these episodes and had more fun than anyone should. 
and and then we got them all up on YouTube. And then we went. I kept going to all these film festivals because we kept winning all these awards. Craziest thing ever. We just every time we entered a contest, we won it. <laughs> so that was fun. <laughs> so we did all those. And I, what I'm really hoping is this thing will get picked up. Now, I'm about to go make the rounds of all the uh, film festivals again, starting in April, because I did another kooky web series thing called Living on a Prairie. And it's as silly as it sounds. And it won a bunch of awards, and I'm going to be going to some film festival in April to go see a screening because it won the thing there. So this woman named Pamela Bob in New York, she's a Broadway, Broadway actress, very clever, she said, I know I'm a stage actress, but I've written this really kooky um, thing. I just want to do a web series, and this is a crazy idea. Pamela Bob is one of the biggest Little House in the Prairie fans walking the streets. And <laughs> as I said, she's a Broadway actress, but she's obsessed with Little House in the Prairie. And we met and hung out, and she was like, oh, my God, I love this episode. Love and she said, okay, I'm kind of a prairie nerd, but I wrote this story about a woman who's a bigger fanatic than I am. So she wrote oh, this crazy thing about a woman who was so obsessed with Little House in the Prairie that, like, she, she can't have a boyfriend. She can't maintain a relationship or a job because she just is obsessed and starts talking about Laura Ingalls. And she's, like, out of control. <laughs> There's a scene where she and her sister, that every time when it's Melissa Gilbert's birthday, they have get out a cake and sing happy birthday in their house and everything. She's out of her mind. Um, and she's just so obsessed with Little House. And I play her therapist. <laughs> I play the life coach therapist who is desperately, calmly trying to talk her into having some interest besides Little House in the Prairie. You know, it's a wonderful show, but it's really just a show. You know, these people aren't real. <laughs> <laughs> and now, can we see that on YouTube? Yeah, that's gonna it's gonna be coming on YouTube. Uh, and it's gonna be on YouTube, and it's gonna um, possibly get picked up. And now it's winning all these awards. It's gonna be screening at a film festival in LA. So I'll be putting oh that my up God. on, on I can't Facebook, wait to see my it. website, and everything. See, it's just a riot. And yeah, she's and and it's hysterical because not only am I in it, and it's like her character never figures out that like, hello, it's obviously Nellie Olson who's talking to, you, and I'm going on. <laughs> About you know, this is a normal <laughs> show like Stranger, they Little House in the Prairie. For God's sakes, it was in the seventies. What is wrong with you? Um, and uh, she got Charlotte Stewart to do it too. And Charlotte Stewart plays a bartender, you know, uh, oh, covered oh in tattoos, God. in a wild middle of the night raucous gay bar. And there's Charlotte Stewart doing shots with tattoos up and down her arms. <laughs> and bartenders. Charlotte put up the pictures of herself in costume, and her fans actually got upset. People were writing in, going, "Is this your new look? And where did, when did you get <laughs> tattoos? And why are you wearing all that?" I'm, I don't think I like this new look. And she had to go, "No, I, I, I wore this for a day. This is not what I look like. I'm not wearing this makeup now. This is not my new look. I promise." Oh, I have to have her on. I know last when you were on the last time we, yes. we talked about that. You said you've got to have her on. She's great, and um, you will have a fit. She is just she is a scream and a half. She's brilliant. Yeah, I def I'll definitely book her. She's she's she sounds like a blast, and it's just so she funny. Was in a movie with Elvis for heaven's sakes. Oh no, I did not know this. Yeah, she was she worked with everybody. She was in Speedway with Elvis Presley. Wow, I had no clue. She's a She's at the, when he's in the drive-in restaurant, she's the girl taking the order at the drive-in, and she starts crying, <laughs> and this whole insane scene with her in the drive-in and Elvis. She was with Elvis, um, 
Her first film she ever did was a VD educational film about sexually transmitted diseases. She was like a teenager, and she got like a government educational film about STDs. Her father was so. Her father kept telling everyone and dragging her to the theater, and she's like, "Dad," and he's like, "But it's just uh, And she just did all sorts of crazy things, and she actually, uh, I guess, dated the word. She was Jim Morrison's girlfriend for a period of time. Oh Lord! Oh my God! Yeah. I definitely have to have her on. I mean, she's probably got so many stories. It's insane. Yeah, she had her own clothing store. She and a friend ran a clothing store in the late 60s, early 70s, and she did clothes for all the rock and roll bands. Wow. She knew that had to be everybody. fun. Everybody. Charlotte knew everybody. She, yeah, she has great stores. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll Miss definitely. Beetle. Sweet little Miss Beetle. Oh, my God, who knew? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's what people really don't know. Well, that's the title of her book. I mean, look at it. Right? <laughs> And it's a, great, it's really a great book. She has a wonderful story. She's a great person. You know, she's a breast cancer survivor. I mean, you name it, she's done it. But people do read her book and go, oh, Miss Beetle, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know when we were talking the last show, you were giving me a little bit of tidbit of information on her. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, she's probably got a lot to tell. She is fun. You know, it's so funny. I, I'm plugging my own stuff, but I'm updating the whole cast. Do you know Melissa Gilbert is gone like full New York theater girl? She is in back-to-back shows, and she's just started. She's doing a one-woman show. Wow, I did not know that. Well, first, she, she, she disappointed us all because she ran away to Michigan. She ran away from home and went to Michigan. I was like, why? Yeah. Why are you living in Michigan in this tiny town? And she married <laughs> Timothy Busfield, and they ran away to Michigan. And I'm like, why do you want to live in a cabin in the woods in Michigan? I'm like, God, that sounds boring. But she was like, no, it's beautiful. It's great. Well, I think she got bored because she went to New York, and she did a play, and then she promptly did another play. And I guess those were like her warm-up exercises because she is doing a, a show called My Brilliant Divorce, and it's a one-woman piece. It's uh, uh, about an English woman and her divorce stories, and she is playing this woman in this show. And she, it's just her on stage for the whole thing. Wow. Oh, I'll Heavy have to check it out. It's her, already started. It's running show, now? She, she, she played an Irish girl in her last two shows. She's doing things with Irish accents. This is her new thing. <laughs> I can't I mean, do really for the life. I mean, if you go on Ancestry, she's totally Irish. Her, her birth family is totally Irish. She was a Darlington. But this is her new thing. She does theater in New York with an Irish accent. <laughs> but this is That's amazing. But she took she, that part. I mean, yeah, I can totally see her doing it. Can't you see her as a kooky Irish lady? Is she? That's her thing. And <laughs> so I will be in France. What's funny is she opens in March. So literally at the same time, I will be on stage in France speaking French, and she'll be on stage in New York speaking with an Irish accent. We need a side-by-side video of that. Right? we got to get to that. There's a show. So, yeah, so we're we're both babbling away in foreign accents. This is the new thing for the Prairie Girls. (laughs) I think it's awesome. It's just incredible. Now, um, so people were asking me, I had asked people, you know, if you could ask her a question, what would it be? I think the, the number one question I get all the time is, what was your favorite episode of Little House? Absolutely. What was your favorite? It's in my, my top ten. What was Michael Anna really like? Are you really a bitch? Was that really your hair? What was my, are you really friends with Melissa Gilbert? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite episode? My there you go. Just run down the list. Go one through ten. Yep. 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 One, what, my favorite episode, and this is absolutely true, and it's always my favorite episode, and it, apparently it seems to be 
the favorite episode worldwide is the one where I go down the hill in the wheelchair. <laughs> I pretend to be paralyzed because I've stolen Laura's horse and I'm abusing I'm abusing her horse. It's terrible. We we did not abuse any animals on the show. I'm hitting a ladder, I'm not hitting the horse. It's out of shot, you can't see it. I'm not really hitting the horse. But um she I'm horrible to her horse and her horse quite rightly uh takes off and slams me into a tree branch and I'm knocked unconscious. And when I come to, I realize this is a golden opportunity to destroy everyone's life. And, of course, as usual, I'm jealous because Laura's getting attention from some boy who I like. So I tell everyone that I'm paralyzed and can't feel my legs <laughs> because that's a totally reasonable thing to do, apparently. If you're there you go. Yeah, why not? Well, I'll just help you paralyzed. And, um, of course, Laura finds out I'm not paralyzed, catches me out, and realizes that I have just like complete I brought everything to a screeching not only see it's my favorite episode because usually I'm just horrible to Laura but in this episode Pa Ingalls Charles has to stop what he's doing and build me a wheelchair and Mr. and Mrs. Olson they believe I'm paralyzed and they're devastated they're crying see Mr. Olson's crying in the storage room and Mrs. Olson's completely flipped out Doc Baker is over at the house every day trying to figure out why I can't walk and he doesn't know because I'm faking so he thinks he's failed as a doctor I basically destroyed the lives of everyone in the town in this episode I've really ruined things for everyone I'm messing with the adults not just Laura so it's kind of intense, and then Laura catches me and says I need some fresh air. So she takes me in my chair to the highest hill in Walnut Grove and pushes me down it into the mill pond. <laughs> now, wait, Not, how did they do that yeah. wheelchair thing? Right? Okay, you don't get a lot of jobs where you're asked to ride down a hill in a wheelchair into a pond, so it's kind right. of impressive. They did not do that on the Waltons. Um so the, she gets me in the chair. Now, the terrible part is I had a real broken arm. I'd, I'm an idiot. I'd fallen off my skateboard like the week before. So I totally have a real 1970s cast, which they covered up with an 1800s cast. So technically I shouldn't be going down hills in wheelchairs into a pond because I have an actual broken arm. But she pushes me down the hill, and first they just go a few feet. They had a steel cable, and the chair, like, starts, and then it stops partway down. So that was cool. Then they got the stunt woman, very professional stunt woman who didn't have a broken arm and knew what she was doing. Put her <laughs> in the chair. Bang, 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 bang down the hill. And then this girl was the stunt woman. She was really smart. She actually does this huge somersault backflip thing into the pond. I do not do that. I do not do backflips. I can't do it. So she does that. But I'm still not off the hook. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm off the hook. I don't have to do this. They're like, no, we need close-ups. Yeah, she's doing the backflip, but you're not getting out of this. And they take me to a different hill, which wasn't quite as steep. So they went, okay, so legally we don't need a stunt girl because we're not really going to kill you. But it's still a hill, <laughs> and you're still in a wheelchair with no seatbelts. So they roll me down this other hill. And now remember, okay, it's not as steep. I am only 13 years old. I am wearing a nightgown, underwear, and bedroom slippers. <laughs> no padding. No helmet, no knee pads. Oh, there are no seat belts or restraints or safety equipment on this wheelchair of any kind. And they go, go, and just roll it down the hill. And it's going bang, 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 hitting rocks and like my teeth or whatever. And, and then they just, they got close up camera filming me screaming my brains out, not totally <laughs> acting. Uh, <laughs> and then they said, oh, well, she did the backflip, but you still have to get in the pond. I'm like, I'm not getting out of any of this, am I? Okay. And then they put me in the pond, and I come up covered in goo, spitting. 
and screaming. Right. And that's when Mrs. Olsen shows up and says it's a miracle and falls off her horse. (laughs) (laughs) Because, of course, she does. Some of those shows were pure comedy. I mean, they really were when you think about it. Brilliant. It's just, it's so good between the yelling and the screaming and the chair down the hill and the splashing. And then there's Mrs. Olsen going, Mary, and I get up to her and she goes, it's a miracle, and falls right ass backwards off the horse. It's just, it's really, really classic. People go on YouTube and like watch this one clip over and over and over again. Now you you still talk to everybody that's around, right? I try to, you know, that's always the other joke. You know, my husband says, maybe when they say, do you still talk to them? You should say yes. And they still won't listen. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Dean Butler, who was Almanzo and baby Carrie, uh, Rachel Greenbush and Todd Bridges, who was on an episode of Little House. He was Wisdom of Solomon. We were all at the uh, Chiller in October, the big Chiller convention in New York, big autograph show. Um, and so we do all that stuff. Baby Carrie does not live far from me. She's just over in Simi Valley, Miss Rachel. Uh, Hersha, who's Mrs. Garvey, also lives down the street. And we all went to see her in a play recently. She's brilliant. She played four characters. Four characters in the show. A lot of people wow. on the show. Um, so she's still going at it. Um, as I said, I'm talking to Charlotte or emailing or doing it. Charlotte and I are both doing the uh, Cherry Blossom Festival in Missouri this year. We'll be out there in April. Oh, that'll be fun. Oh, and here's the kicker. Do you remember on the show, um, Rodimus Parah played Mary's first boyfriend, John Jr., very good-looking boy, and then they break up, and she winds up going blind and marrying the other guy. But she, he was the boyfriend the first season, and very pretty. And he was also – he was the kid on Kung Fu. Oh, yeah, you know I remember. You people say, snatch the pebble from my hand, grasshopper? Yes. This is Grasshopper. He is the guy. He is Little Grasshopper who did that. And he was on Little House. He was that. He was in Red Dawn. He was in Well, he went and married this very pretty girl and moved to France. He met we he we did a cast reunion thing in France. He met this gorgeous blonde French girl. They headed off. Boom, boom. A couple years later, next thing you know, they're married, having a baby. So they were down the street from me, actually. They bought a house down the street from me. And then they said, you know, let's go back to France. He is now living in a gorgeous little village in France with a gorgeous French lady and a gorgeous French baby. And <laughs> since he's in town, I said, hey, I visited a couple times. I said, I'm coming to my show. And we said, wait, you want to be in it? So now two of the French shows that I'm doing in March, I'm going to have additional special guest star. going to have Rodimus, who is in Little House in the Prairie, also in the show. Oh, because that's they like pop awesome. Up surprise appearance thing and sign autographs. So they get a twofer that night. But yeah, so I'm still doing stuff with various cast members. It's really crazy. That's awesome. I had Dean Butler was booked, but something came up and our schedules didn't jive and we ended up, you know, to reschedule. Oh, yeah. He's like in Go Korea ahead. at the Olympics. Dean works for the Golf Channel now. Go figure. And I don't know anything about golf, but there's this guy, Ferrity, that apparently for into golf, Ferrity is like it. And he does the Ferrity show. He produces the Ferrity show. So every time the golf network or Ferrity says we're doing a special, Dean's like, got to go. And um, he was posting on Facebook pictures. He's in he's in South Korea at the, at the Winter Olympics. Okay. Yeah. No, so this was, this was last amazing. year. We, had, we were booked. Yeah. And just the, yeah. the, he had to switch his time and then I couldn't do yep. it that day. So it was just back and forth. 
Dean so hopefully I will get him on. For, Dean, Dean works more than like anyone I know. Dean is constantly working. So he we yeah. get him to some stuff. He was able to do Chiller. He's done several events, but he always says like, okay, I have like these three days here and here where I can squeeze it in. Otherwise, I'm off to Florida to do a golf special. So, yeah, he is the, the golf channel producer dude now. Yeah, he's it's he it's clear he's very busy because of our schedules not driving and all that. But it was um, I'll get him on at some point. I will. Can, can you imagine? I mean, Almanzo Wilder is now the golf guy. It's like it's hilarious. <laughs> he's the golf dude now. Did they have golf in Walnut Grove in the eighteen? I don't think they did. And and you were telling me last time you were on about how you guys used to embarrass him because he turns bright red. He is he is so sweet. He's kind of sweet and innocent. And I mean now he's older. He still is. You can still make him blush if you see Dean at an event. All you have to do is start telling him how handsome he still is, which he is, and how much you love Almanzo and how cute he is. And you can watch him go absolutely deep red. It's adorable. <laughs> start telling him how cute he is. He will go pink as can be. He is so sweet. He still has a capacity to blush. He is that innocent and lovely a person. Um, but, yes, yeah, you can imagine when it's a little house, he was just like, golly jeepers. He'd like literally, as he said, oh, my God, it was like my first job. He had just gotten out of out of college, and it was like, and you're reading for this character. Oh, you got it. And it was like, wait, what? I'm on the last number. It's like, boom. He started acting, and then it was like, eh, you're Almanzo Wilder. And so he was kind of in shock for the first few weeks of the show. That this was even happening. And he's like, wait, I'm gonna, be, I'm the Almanzo Wilder. I'm gonna be married to Laura Ingalls, and oh my God, I'm working with Michael Lannon. So he was sort of wandering around in a daze for the first day. And he was so sweet and innocent. And, and here was Melissa and I, who'd grown up in Hollywood, and we were like 40 years old mentally. And so we were like, oh, who's the new guy? And we would we would embarrass him and pick on him. We were awful, awful. I don't know why he's so speechless. We're horrible. So we still, and still though, like I said, just last October, he was, you know, we we're at the autograph show, and girls would come up and start going, manly. And he'd be like, oh, you're very nice. And I go, oh my God, he's red again. <laughs> Oh, he's such a sweet guy. I hope I can have him on at some point. I know he's super busy, so we'll see. But oh, he is Alice, a doll. Very so smart, much. very smart, very sweet guy. And of course, I, I just, he has to do a whole book because he has this thing where he plays. I want to say the guy. Okay, so he was Laura Ingalls' husband, the famous real Amanda Wilder. Right. Then he wound up on the new Gidget as Gidget's boyfriend, Moondoggy, the famous Moondoggy. Then oh, that's he wound up right. Buffy the Vampire Slayer as Buffy's dad. And I said, you got to write about this. So whenever there's a famous female iconic character, Gidget, Buffy, Laura, you're the guy. <laughs> you're there. <laughs> the you're guy. the dad, you're the boyfriend, you're the husband, you're the guy. And he well, said, maybe oh, my God, I have right thought of this. You're right. That's really weird. <laughs> He's so cute. He plays all those parts so well. Whatever he gets so cast, it's almost cute. Like perfect so for him. So cute. Such a nice guy. Yeah. Well, I will get my fingers crossed. I have my fingers crossed that I can get him on here. And I want to yeah. thank you so much for coming on. I know you just got home. So thank you. Thank you. 
And good luck in France. Come on again. Like I said, there's so much stuff going on. We're gonna, uh, um, you know, you can check my Facebook page. There's so much happening. I'm gonna be at the Cherry Blossom Festival in April in uh, Marshfield, Missouri. Right. And of course, I'll be in France uh, in March here. Uh, I'm gonna be in Palm Springs April 11th. Uh, there's a whole um, salute to the stars, fabulous sort of like Rat Pack classic tunes evening and they have celebrity guests it's really awesome um oh, how fun. So yeah, i'm doing just all this stuff of like oh and then i'm in bob springs ah, and then i'm in missouri and then ah, and then i'm over here so <laughs> i will be everywhere and it will be fabulous and you'll be able to check out living on a prairie and wee, there's just endless things to do okay well i'll give you a couple months break from me and then i'm having you back on again <laughs> okay <laughs> i'll allow you to run for a little bit and then i gotta reel you back in allison perfect perfect <laughs> All right. Well, listen, you have a great rest of your day, and thank you so much, and have safe travels to France. I will. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Everyone, that was Allison Arngrim. She is always so much fun. I love having her on my show. Uh, check out her audio book. The book is fantastic. So if you're someone that likes to drive in your car or walk or lay in bed and listen to audio, please download it. It's uh, Honestly, you will love the book. She's very funny. She gets serious in it. And uh, she's also an advocate for children in Hollywood. Just a great human being. So check out the book. And hopefully I will see you next week. We've got a great show. Oh, great show on Friday on the Lions uh, Radio Network on the Military Hour. Um, A young Marine named Chad is coming on, talks about his story and coming home from war and going through the process of healing. And he's gonna talk about some of the great organizations that are out there, very excited for that. Everybody have a great afternoon and uh, be talking to you next week.